calling on the Lord, that's his life, which is also the commission that we have as his disciples and followers. Right? We're going after the same things that the Lord did. And, and in Matthew 28, Jesus said to the disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we've got these incredible commissions from the Lord to bring the good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to make disciples of all nations. And he's given us the authority to do so. So if it's not happening in my life, I'm not going to try and explain it away and say, oh, that was for the old days. That's, that's just what happened in Acts or make up some narrative that excuses me from that great responsibility. But I'm going to be like, wow, like, I need to like, dream a bit bigger than I am for my life because this is kind of the blueprint from heaven. In Matthew 16, 19, he says... I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So all of those examples, like they look a lot like ministry, don't they? And in the past, I've, like we've left that type of ministry to the ministers. It's like, oh, he's the guy who works for the church. He's in the paid position, and he'll, he'll do that. But we know that that's bad theology, right? It's actually, we're all called to ministry in our different spheres of influence, and the work of the minister is to equip you guys to go and do it, right? So all of those ministry-type things, I asked you the question, what are your God-given d- dreams and desires? And those are, those are God's dreams and desires. But I believe that they are interwoven into the, into the, way that, the very way that God's made each one of us and the dreams and desires that he's put on our heart. There, we actually get to pursue both simultaneously. Like we get to be everything that God's called us to be in like the desires of our hearts, but also fix our eyes on the, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus to do all those other things I just read about. I actually think it's almost like your sphere of influence is your scaffolding to do all of the God stuff, the ministry stuff. Whatever you do, whatever your job, career, pursuits, desires. So that's like the, the doing, the practical, what we get to do. And also there's like the personal. So... Just to make it short, Romans 14, 17 to 18 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So that's what's available to us. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, we're called to live pure, holy, and blameless in his sight and can continually pursue that and contend for that reality in our lives, filled with peace and filled with the joy of the Lord. Okay, so there, again, that's not always my reality, right? But that's what's available. That's what we're called to live. That's to have the keys to the kingdom, to have access to heavenly realities that we get to live by. Okay, 
And that verse goes on, Romans 14, to say, right after 17, 18, for whoever serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. And I, I, I'm, we've heard that kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit a lot. But then as I was reading on, wow, for whoever serves Christ in that way is pleasing to God and approved by men. And as soon as that sort of sunk in, it reminded me of the Lord. Because I know that even Jesus had to grow in favor with God and man. And so it says in Luke 2:52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Because if you think about it, that's exactly how he lived, right? Righteous, filled with peace, filled with joy, with the spirit inside him. So that's what's available to us. And as I meditate on my dreams and desires, the things that God's put in my heart, the things that God's called me to be, which I want you to do for you, causes me to realize that actually, like, they are so big. They're so much bigger than I can possibly fulfill. These, these, the callings in the Word of God and also the plans I have for my own life. And I believe that authentic dreams from God, they actually can't be accomplished on your own. Right? So if your dream is doable, you need to dream bigger. Do you know what I mean? It's like Peter, as Jimmy just said. When the impossible starts to seem like a rational choice, just call me, Lord, and I'll hop, hop out of the boat. Are you serious? You know? So, the, the key that I feel as I'm discovering is as I, as I look at the, the awesomeness of like who God's called us to be as manifestations of Christ and, as, and of what I also desire in my life for fulfillment, I realize that it's actually the favor of God and man that is what opens those doors. And if even Jesus, I mean, I don't have an answer for why Jesus had to grow in favor with God. I can understand why he had to grow in favor with man because, you know, ministry opportunities and taking the gospel and all that. But to grow in favor with God, I don't have an answer for why. But we know that he's like the pattern for us, don't we? We know that he's the, he lived a life as a demonstration and as an example to us to follow and pursue. And so maybe that's part of the reason that even he had to grow in favor with God because we have to too. So, as I said, my heart is to provoke you to, I guess, hunger for the Lord, like to realize that actually you need, you need him. It's got to be a dependence upon the Lord that's going to make everything possible. And so I, I personally, as I've reflected and, and as I've been stirred myself up to think, what are those dreams and visions? Who is it God's really called me to be? Who is it he's made me to be? What's he put on my heart? And realize that that's not just me and it's like a, a sideline to being a good Christian, but it's actually at the very core of fulfilling Christ in my life to also being faithful to the gifts and the things he's put inside me, you know? 
for them to, 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 to get both, right? To fulfill both. Because I believe that it's, you've, you've got to be faithful to who God's called you to be and made you to be. And also to what he's called us to be in, in Christ. So then I jump to, okay, well then let's talk about what it looks like to, to seek him, to be a good steward, right? We have access, we have a relationship with God available to us. We have that invitation. What are we doing about that? That's favor right there. You've been given favor with God. You can go boldly into the throne room of grace. Right? You nailed it when you read Hebrews 10 because that's right in my notes. I was like, yes, Jesus, you're good. You're on this. So Jeremiah 29, we know the classic verse, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And he's prophesying from the old covenant Right into what it's like for us right now. Because the Lord's thoughts toward us are of peace and not of evil. His thoughts are to give us that hope in the future. We're living in that promise right now. Right? We're living in access to God, the opportunity to fulfill that. It says in Luke 2, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. The angels are declaring the birth of Christ. And it's a good will. We say it only at Christmas, don't we? It comes out on all the Christmas cards and it's the number one verse. But it's there for every moment, not just Christmas. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And the verse that Jimmy read earlier, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened for us through the curtain of his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So, access to the Father. How are we stewarding that? Because the future and the hope that Jeremiah prophesies that's available to us now, that's our God-given dreams and desires. That's our destiny, right? And that verse goes on to say, I'm going to pick it up in verse 12. Then, right? So this is this time when... The Lord's thoughts of peace and not of evil and a future hope toward us. This is now. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart and I will be found by you, says the Lord. Isn't that interesting that there's a direct connection there to us realizing that the, the Lord desires to give us a future and a hope. And as we realize that, the first thing we do, then he says we call up upon him. We pray. We start listening. We start to seek him and find him. 
And the Lord's been speaking to me heaps about just seeking him with all of my heart. I'm like, what does that look like, Lord? What, what areas of my heart aren't fully seeking you? What areas am I holding back? I don't want to hold anything back. Because I'm stirred by the, the desire to fulfill the call of God on my life. And I'm like, this is way bigger than I can pull off. And the more I look at that and realize that this great calling is on, on all of our lives, I'm like, man, we need to be so like, in pursuit of the Lord to seek him and find him. Because I believe that we'll receive in God's presence the measure of his own nature that actually empowers us to be conformed into the image of the son he loves. Because the dream's too big for me to fulfill outside of his grace. Right? So it's his nature just washing over me, re revealing to me, revealing to us who we're called to be and who we are and who he is to us that we're conformed into the image of the son he loves. Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Often we talk about grace in terms of like, you know, it's God's grace. We're sinners saved by grace. And there's this idea that, you know, his, his grace covers over our, our sinful lives. And, and that's true. But there's so much more to it than that. Because we're not called to stay like that, right? We're called to then go on to take hold of that for which we've been taken hold of. And his grace is his empowering presence to, to see that come to pass, right? It's not just you can carry on in your sin and there's grace for you, right? I mean, that's true, but he doesn't want you to stay there, you're right? His grace is there to empower us, right? And sometimes charisma, grace, is actually translated as favor. It's the favor of God. So we're not trying to attain or accomplish. We're not trying to work to get God's favor. <clears throat> we know that. We're trying to partner with God, right? We're trying to work with him because of his favor. There's a big difference, right? <clears throat> Strivey Christianity, trying to live up to some standard, live up to some, some level to be appeased and for God to be happy. No, no, no. He's, he's happy, it's the year of the Lord's favor. He's in a good mood, right? We're accepted, we're beloved, and it's from there, right, that we get to work with him because of his favor. And working from his presence is a lot better than working for it, right? So we're trying to be grounded in his presence. Rooted and grounded in love. I told my students at school that they should get rooted 
and they told me that that was not something you said in Australia. <laughs> Rooted and grounded in love. So Philippians 2 and Psalm 2, you're just basically following the threads of my mind and how it works as I revelate on different scriptures and new ones pop in. But I thought about, you know, what does it look like now to to take hold of this incredible intimacy and access to the Father that we've got and abiding in his presence, abiding unto fruitfulness and, and pursuing the desires and the dreams he's put on our hearts and going after it, being faithful with those things and stewarding those things. And it says in Philippians 2 that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And I think about it in terms of like, we are, the incorruptible seed is within us, right? That's our sanctification. But we actually get to walk that out. We get to be sanctified as we live out of that reality. As we demonstrate Christ, as we live for him, then that's our sanctification. In Psalm 2 it says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And it's just that reverence. It's not fear like I'm afraid, terrified of him. It's, a, it's a, a holy level of respect, right, for God. Because he's kind, but he's not soft. And there is justice, you know. And often his justice gets confused with him being an angry God, but it's not. He's just just, right? I'm not preaching on that today. <laughs> but it's justice, and it's a reverence, Right? Serve the Lord with fear. There's a reverence to the Lord. He's not mocked, you know. He doesn't want you to just go on in a sinful life and then cover it over with grace. No, that's not what you're called to. That's, that's, that's you know, he's gracious that he will call you out of that place, not leave you there. And I love, and I've said this so many times, but just that when Christ shows up, the real us shows up too, Right? That's the most authentic version of you when Christ is displayed through your life. That's who you were made to be. And how awesome that it's not just some like Christian, go and do, be a minister. Like it's actually, no, it's the unique way that he's made every one of us. And the talents and the the creativity and all those different things. We all tick so differently. And that's what God's actually going, yes, that's how I made you to be. Take hold of that, you know, pursue that and bring everything that I've deposited in your heart with it, you know. Demonstrate the, the, the kingdom of heaven along the way. To overflow with the Spirit. I've got to quote Bill Johnson. You can't get through a good preach without quoting Bill Johnson, can you? It's the password to like acceptance in the contemporary Christian community. Bill Johnson, yeah, Bill Johnson, good old Bill. But he says, don't grieve the spirit by doing what is wrong and don't quench the spirit by not doing what is right. We want him to be on us, right? He's in us, but there's also an on us. Like if you think about Jesus' life, you know, we know that he was, what did we read before? The, we don't know much about his life from the age of 12 when he left his parents and said, I was in the temple, didn't you know where I'd be? You know that one. And then he shows up again 
when he's 30. And he says, what did he say? He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That's what he was up to. The Spirit was in him, but then it's not until he's baptized in the Jordan that the Spirit is on him, right? So there's a significant moment then when he's called into his ministry. He had the Spirit the whole time, for sure, like he's the Son of God. He wasn't like we were before we were saved. You know what I mean? He had the Spirit. He was growing in favor with God and man. Tally knows what I mean. It's all right then. So, you know, and then... The spirit descends like a dove, and then it's on him. And so Leif Hetland does this brilliant preach on like walking with the dove on the shoulder, and he keeps doing this. And he keeps putting his hand up like this. There's the dove. And he sort of describes this lifestyle where to walk, imagine trying to walk with a bird on your shoulder, especially a dove. They're flighty, Right? It's not like old mate with his cockatoo down at Nightcliff, right? It's a dove on his shoulder, right? And to walk and the reverence and the, and the, the composure and the, you know, the connection with God, the, the deep consciousness of God that you'd need to have for that bird not to take flight, and he's gone. And I'm preaching to myself here. Don't worry about that. You know, the the Holy Spirit is not fragile. He's holy, right? He doesn't flutter away because he's fragile. He flutters away because he's holy. Man, I need God to fulfill that reality, right? So don't grieve the Spirit by doing what is wrong and don't quench the Spirit by not doing what is right. And you know what? The Lord is so faithful. You know, it's not, you know, he's, he's growing us up into this. Like Jimmy said, he's the one who's faithful to complete the work that he began, right? Okay, but our job is to, to abide, is to stay close, to be consistent in our pursuit of him. He's the one who's going to pull it off. We want to give him a life to rest upon. And at the end of the day, if we pull any of this off, you know, I don't want your, I don't want your dreams and destiny and desires to be unfulfilled. I have a responsibility towards your dreams and destinies being fulfilled in your life as a pastor. I I don't even know how I became the pastor of this church, associate pastor. I was just the one who was still here. Me? Surely not. But I trust God for my life, so I've got to keep trusting him, don't I? But the point is, like, man... My job is to stir you up to love and good works, to go after this. And at the end of the day, like if we fulfill any of these dreams, right, if, and they don't have to be like grandiose, like I'm not talking a worldly vision, but whatever they are, when they get fulfilled, we will know it was the Lord, right? 
It won't be glory back to us. Like, yeah, hey, look at what a superstar I am. Because it was like, no, I knew from the start this dream couldn't be fulfilled by me. This is the Lord. And so I'll finish with this. Jeremiah 9.24 Let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Well, thank you, Lord, Jesus. We just acknowledge that the upward call of God in Christ Jesus is more than we can fulfill on our own, Lord. And the desires that you've put in our hearts, we don't want to see them go unfulfilled, Lord. We want to fulfill all that you've called us to, Lord God. One day, all of our work will be revealed, whether we've built with precious stones or with straw and sticks. It'll all be revealed, Lord, but we just want to be set apart. This is a small congregation, Lord, but imagine if we could set apart to build with only the best, Lord, with the precious stones. And I pray that you'd give us discernment to know where those dreams and visions and desires are driven by our egos, Lord, and where they're just absolutely what you've put in our hearts for us to be. And I thank you, Lord, that as we're faithful to steward those gifts and pursue those things in relationship with you and not lose sight of what it looks like to be mature manifestations of Christ, then we will be the people over whom you say, well done, my beloved son and daughter. Well done. The Father will be well pleased with us. So I thank you, Jesus, for today, and I thank you for every person in this room. And I pray that together as a family, we would support one another and we'd pursue our dreams and our destinies together in your name. Amen.